Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Going Coastal podcast, the podcast of the Students and New Professionals chapter of the American Shore and Beach Preservation Association and brought to you by the American Shoreline Podcast Network. Well, it's uh, it's been a year since this podcast has started, if you can all believe it out there. Uh, I, don't, I certainly know that we can't. So today we do have our three co-hosts on uh, on the show today. We have John Miller, Heather Wade, and myself, Marissa Torres. We're coming together today to reflect on the topics that we've discussed this past year, the guests that we've had on our show, and our own personal experiences being podcast hosts for the first time in our careers. So what do you think, guys? Wow. It's been a, a year, really. And they say time flies when you're having fun. So, you know, we keep going at it. Indeed. Or not. <laughs> <laughs> but yes. Yeah, I'm just kidding. Yeah, interesting year. Um, it's been fun. It's been, um, you know, a learning experience in a lot of different ways. And uh, yeah, it's uh, something that I, I, I like, but I'm still getting used to. And, uh, you know, keep reminding myself like, hey, these are discussions and they're supposed to be fun. Um, But yeah, it's been interesting. It's been an an interesting ride for sure. Yeah, I think I've had a great time getting to know all of our guests. We've had we've actually been blessed uh, with some guests that have been you know, absolutely phenomenal uh, for us. First time hosts, uh, really easy to talk to. Great information for our audience, uh, the students and new professionals out there. So really been a, a great time as far as I'm concerned. So uh, I meant what I said, time flies when you're having fun. <laughs> great. Thank you for keeping us humble and positive, John. Um, we have had a lot of really awesome guests. I was uh, very pleased to talk with a wide range of folks from, I think our lowest, or by lowest, I mean, uh, in terms of, I guess, novice uh, status in the field, our PhD students. Um, we had Nicole Zuck and Matt Jansen on, uh, both of them. Thank you so much. Uh, we really enjoyed talking with you. And that was part of our, um, student spotlight series, student research spotlight series. I'm excited. We got at least two in this year. I'm hoping to do continue that series into next year. Yeah. I think it's a great opportunity to learn from, you know, not only about the research, exciting research that's going on in our universities, but, uh, also the exciting people that are doing it. So I think Matt and Matt and Nikki were great guests. Um, you know, I'm a little close to it because they're both my students. So yes, thank you, John, for supplying students this year. Well, that's that's one thing that I have in abundance as students. So uh, I'm looking forward actually in, in the coming year to interviewing some other students um, and learning about their research. But um, yeah, there's a lot of exciting stuff going on, and like the the brain power that's out there um, in the students and young professionals. That's that's been really inspiring to me to hear about uh, their stories and how they, you know, came to study coastal engineering, coastal coastal sciences, how they found it. Um, you know, I think it's been, uh, and each has their own story, you know, different 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 pathways to get to, um, in some senses, the same same goal. So, uh, not everybody takes that direct path where you go directly bachelor's, master's, PhD. Uh, neither of those two students did. Uh, I think it's great to for everybody to hear you know, that there's a lot of different ways. So people that are interested in perhaps going back to school, um, you know, you can do it a bunch of different ways, uh, you know, go work for a little bit, come back, um, 
you know, and I think that's part of, I guess, the, the, the point of this, right, is to, is to, uh, for every, to let everybody else know that there's uh, different, different uh, ways to achieve your objectives and uh, different ways to go about it. And, and there's no one, one right way or one wrong way. So uh, I think Matt and Nikki were uh, excellent from, from that standpoint. Yeah, everybody's career paths are different, and none of it is usually linear. So always keep that in mind. I did find it interesting that they both went into consulting right after, um, right after initial schooling, and then jumped into the PhD. So I'm wondering if that how common that really is among the coastal engineering community uh, in terms of their career paths. But we also had um, part of one of our series as well. So we had the Student Research Spotlight series. And another part of this podcast we wanted to highlight was some coastal policy discussion. So our own uh, Heather Wade joined us and found us some really amazing guests to talk to about um, some coastal policy decisions and entering, well, really introducing John and I to the realm of coastal policy and what it means. Um, We had at least two of those folks on. Heather, do you want to share your experiences with them? Yeah, yeah. So I was thinking a lot about, you know, this episode beforehand and thinking about, you know, what was my favorite episode? You know, what were the guests that I, you know, felt most intrigued by? Um, I I will say that I think that my favorite series or whatever as part of this show is the Student Research Spotlight. I think that's really cool. Um, And especially as a PhD, student PhD student myself I uh, I really enjoyed listening to what these other students had to say um, even when it was just about like regular life and morning routines and making coffee um, it was it was really really cool to to hear those kinds of perspectives um, but for the coastal policy side we had two, episodes really that focused on coastal policy. One was uh, with Tony Pratt, um, who is with ASBPA. And outside of listening to the PhD researchers, I would have to say that Tony was probably the guest that I found most intriguing. Um, He has such a crazy experience, you know, going from I guess what being a geologist to now, you know, running the ASBPA. And and I just felt like he had some really um, great stories to tell. And then our other episode on coastal policy was with Hank Hottie, who is a former Canals fellow, uh, which is a marine policy fellowship that uh, those who are interested in coastal and marine policy uh, can go to DC and do policy work and learn, you know, the policy realm side of all things coastal. And Hank Hottie, uh, his episode I thought was really fun. He was really great to talk to. Um, That was one of my favorite episodes as well. Uh, I really enjoyed Hank's comments on his career path in the policy and management realm, um, and especially his insight into experiencing policy at different levels of government. I thought that was really interesting and, and uh, you know, a, a nice perspective um, outside of coastal engineering. <laughs> um, and yeah, I thought they were good, but, you know, it's definitely my hope to get more uh, policy and, I guess, uh, less of the hard science coastal stuff and, and a little more of the, the softer side of coastal professions. 
You know, I think actually that's it's funny that you brought that up because this this past week as we're recording um, was the ASBPA's Coastal Summit, and we had a we did have an episode focused on that, and we had uh, several of the co-chairs on, um, and they previewed an exciting uh, exciting virtual conference. And I, you know, I have to say I did attend, and um, you know, even as a, an academic, so probably maybe the furthest removed, uh, from the, the policy side of the discussion. Um, you know, it, it's, it is fascinating to sit in and listen to those discussions and to get a better understanding of the way policy is made and the way that the funding is being distributed and, you know, all of the inner workings on in DC. And, um, you know, again, not to, not to, 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 uh, to beat the drum again, but, uh, you know, for those of you who have not had a chance to attend one of the ASBPA's coastal summits. Uh, every March, they have they have these events, and they're they're amazingly um, enlightening uh, for a range of individuals. So I definitely recommend it. Um, I learn something every time I go. Yeah, I thought it was really great, and I I agree. It was it was really um, fascinating to listen to, especially these higher level people and and you know, congressional representatives and federal agency administrators talk about, you know, all of the the big coastal policy stuff happening. Uh, it was it was really good. Um, I actually, I did try to join in on your game on the first day, Marissa. <laughs> and my, I don't yeah. know what's up with my computer. Get some coastal That's trivia right. up it, in it the middle of your like day. It went really well. I, my web browser froze at the very beginning. And then by the time that it got back, it said that I was too late and you had already started. <laughs> but anyway. Oh, I didn't realize you had to join that quickly. I thought you could like just pop in whenever. I was, yeah, I don't know. But maybe it's just me being old and, you know, not technologically savvy. Um, but yeah, it was a it was a really great summit. I, I'm curious, was that the first time that it's been completely virtual? It was it was virtual actually the last two years, I believe, because it I think the was it virtual last my year? first experience my, I think my, my first experience with a virtual conference was the the summit the year that uh, the year that COVID hit because um, I literally had a hotel room and a, a train. Uh, book to go down to DC to attend in person. And then they switched everything virtual. And then I had the nightmare of trying to get reimbursed for trips I didn't take and non-refundable train tickets and things like that. So uh, that's a, that's a university problem, but. Yeah. I keep forgetting, you know, that pandemic, it blurs the years together for me. Yeah. The elusive year of 2020. Something that's been really cool is you mentioned the trivia games is that's something that you don't get from an in-person conference like yeah you know you're talking in person like you can have I don't know like people aren't going to do trivia in person in the middle of a conference but they'll hop on their computer while they're already on their computer and do a little trivia game virtually so I have really enjoyed that we've been able to adapt um, just ASVPA and SNP in general have really been able to adapt in this crazy world um, that we now live in to either partial in per- partial virtual partial in person or full virtual and able to offer attendees um that kind of i'm gonna say entertainment but you know some kind of um light and joy in the middle of their day yeah no i think uh that's certainly been one of the i think it's, it's also a theme that I, I think multiple uh of our guests have hit on is just the chain the world the way the world has changed um 
and you know, I think you know certainly we'll probably get into this more later, but um, you know, just the, the the willingness to be open to change and adaptable. Um, I believe several of our guests pointed to moments in their career where you know they an opportunity presented itself, and it was a question of whether they would jump on it or not, and just having that sort of willingness to uh, adapt um, uh, and and just take advantage of opportunities as they come. And that's, you know, quite honestly, I mean, I, I, I know I didn't set out saying, hey, I want to be a podcast host. It just was an opportunity that was out there. And uh, it's, it's been enjoyable. I mean, it, it's, it's been fun. Here we are a year later. We haven't been kicked off the air yet. So <laughs> Yeah, right. Um, so I guess with that, um, you know, we have done uh, – so our first episode was just us introducing ourself, ourselves, I guess, and then our next episode um, – and we've had a few series with this past year kind of focusing on ASB, ASBPA-specific related things. So we did get to meet our then leaders of um, ASBPA, SNP, Eve Eisman, and Taylor Zimmerman – um, update for all of our listeners. We did have our next election cycle and Taylor Zimmerman is now the president of SNP and Wendy Laurent is our vice president of SNP. And we hope to have uh, hope to have them back on the show maybe in this next year to introduce um, themselves and their in their new roles and what they see for the future of SNP. Woohoo, congratulations. Yeah. Ooh, congrats to guys, Taylor and Wendy. You guys didn't get that news? I, was, I saw it actually on the Coastal Voice, the ASBPA newsletter this morning. So. Oh, perfect. Speaking of which, uh, we may or may not want to start um, coordinating Coastal Voice with some of this information from this podcast. So um, we'll have we'll do these podcast episodes, continue to do them monthly, and then maybe have some extra um, – or just documentation in the Coastal Voice, we can have a little article uh, discussing or going into more detail or just recapping uh, what uh, we talked about on the podcast with our guest um, and other info specific for Coastal Voice. That's a great idea. And that might also help us get more feedback from our listeners or potential future listeners. Yes, please. Talk to us. Yes. So I was going to say, one of the things that I, 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 I found interesting is, you know, what a small world it is. Uh, and what I mean by that is, you know, as we were talking about our, our, our student research spotlight um, uh, guests and, you know, when we had Matt on, I know Matt, you and Marissa, you and Matt had a, a common connection with the URI thing. And, uh, and even Nikki, Nikki's uh, a Texas A&M grad. So Heather, you and Nikki have that connection. And I remember when we interviewed, uh, I think it was Amanda Tritoner that uh, uh, she was a UF uh, grad, although she disappointed me in that she professed, I think, a stronger affiliation with UCF instead of UF. But, you know, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> it really is a small world. As time goes on, I, I, I feel like it just feels smaller and smaller because I I'm continually meeting someone that knows someone else. And I had no, you know, no uh, expectation of those connections. So, but I think that's another, you know, a, a good reminder uh, for why this show is important and why SNP is important and, you know, reaching out to students and new professionals in the coastal profession is really critical. Yeah. I think that's, 
I think that's definitely something that uh, a few of our, our guests had had brought up the uh, you know the lack of uh, I guess awareness uh, sometimes of the coastal profession, whether it's geology, policy, uh, engineering, and uh, you know again I think that's an important role that you know something like this podcast can can play is to help you know advertise that there's this you know extremely rewarding, amazingly cool, fun profession that obviously the three of us you know, have all embraced and fallen in love with. Um, and just the, you know, the possibility of, you know, bringing more awareness of that um, to a younger generation, new generation of students that, um, you know, hey, this is this is something that is worth pursuing and you can be very successful at it. And, you know, I guess, and more importantly, have a, have a great time doing it, right? You don't have to be stuck in that profession. Actually, as I, as I say that, I'm thinking about a, a PhD student that we're going to be accepting or that is going to start at Stevens in the fall, um, who happens to have graduated from the same school that Taylor graduated from Rowan university in, in New Jersey. But, uh, you know, he was, he's a mechanical engineering student and, uh, you know, decided, Hey, it just wasn't from him for him. And, you know, through, you know, through different resources and, and looking around and things like the coastal universities guide that ASBPA put together, you know, happen to, you know, identify this potential for a career path in, in ocean and coastal. So, um, you know, I think it's, uh, I I think it's great that, you know, something like this can help bring awareness to, uh, you know, that profession. Yeah. Snaps for success of the coastal universities guide firsthand. I hope it's helping a whole bunch of students and even professionals who are looking to being a coastal student out there. That reminds me, uh, I came across, I don't remember what article this was, but I came across an article in the last month or so that was uh, basically um, announcing or or not announcing, but but summarizing, I guess, the successes of a, a coastal program up in New Jersey. And as we talk about this show and what all we want to do, I think it's it'd be really cool to get additional school representation on the show. So I think the program that I was reading about, um, I think it was Stockton University's Master of Science in Coastal Zone Management, um, which uh, apparently is extremely new. Uh, I think they debuted in the fall of 2020. Uh, But, you know, programs bringing program uh, representatives or students to talk about what they're doing in those programs would be really cool. That's a great idea. And that guide is right there. I mean, let's just go down the list. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that sounds great. (laughs) Bring them on. We got plenty of time. Perfect. Yes. Um, Yeah. Hopefully like, you know, from this past year, right. We have, we have definitely relied on John and his connections already in the fields, um, especially with his students. So I am hoping to that we can expand um, our reach with the kind of students that we bring on, like their experiences and different types of coastal related areas, um, either from my alma mater, from where Heather is right now at Texas A&M, or uh, we even have from SNP, our own Nick Brown gave us a, a nice list of candidates, even down to the master's level, who um, are in the coastal program who are willing to and interested in participating on our show. And I think that would be great um, even to reach out to the master's level, because I feel like that gives them a lot of experience in um, communicating their research topic that they may or may not 
have the opportunity to get otherwise if they're not participating, if they don't have the opportunity to participate in conferences and so forth. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, I would even take it one step further. I think there's there's at this point enough uh, students in undergraduate programs, and that's something that we, we tend to focus on the graduate and the master's and the PhD. But you know, there's a whole other story about undergraduates working in ocean engineering, coastal processes fields that may be looking for PhD oper- or master's or PhD opportunities. So that's a whole other perspective thinking about, you know, attending grad school. How do you go about it? What is the process? So I think, and a lot of them are presenting research, you know, at conferences like ASBPA. So I think it's the perfect opportunity to try to identify uh, people that might be, might have some interesting um, experiences to share with our, with our, with our audience. I'm on board with that. Everybody has a senior design, right? Yeah. That'd be great. Well, so speaking of interesting, um, who do you guys think, um, reflecting on these past 12 or so months, um, who was your most interesting guest in your opinion? Who'd you enjoy most? Who did you most enjoy talking to? Ooh, tough question. You know, for me, I'm going to say, um, that's a good question. Uh, they were all interesting. I, I, I would say, uh, I might've enjoyed, I, I enjoyed talking to Amanda Tredinger, uh, from where does she work again, Marissa? She's at Erdic, CHL, Coastal Hydraulic. I knew it was the core. I just didn't know exactly where she was based, but I, I, I enjoyed, I enjoyed speaking with her, um, because it was somebody that I hadn't met before. Um, it's a name that I had seen, uh, featured prominently in a number of, uh, locations and, uh, and a topic that's kind of near and dear to my heart, living shorelines. So, um, and I think that's also something that, you know, another, another thing that we might want to think about focusing on as we move forward is, you know, ASBPA has certainly, um, emphasized that they've, it was, this came out very clearly at the summit that, you know, they've gone from being an organization that was very much focused on putting sand on beaches to, uh, more of holistically considering the coastal environment and, and, you know, living shorelines played an important role in that. So I, I, I really enjoyed the conversation uh, with Amanda. I, find, I, I, I was not expecting to learn so much about her, I guess, background and how she came into her position with the Corps. But uh, I thought she had a really a lot of really interesting experiences to share. Uh, I think she was one of the guests that really focused on, you know, taking advantage of those opportunities when they occur. I think her story was you know, one that was very similar to my own and hit close to home with the idea that, you know, not really thinking about or appreciating the fact that there was a career in coastal engineering or coastal processes. Um, and then, you know, just being presented with opportunities through undergraduate research, I believe is where her opportunity started. And then opportunity to go on to graduate school and get her master's and then PhD and then, you know, now work with the course. So I think um, combination of the topic that she was studying, but also, you know, because her story resonated with me, um, and and it being somebody new, that's 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 the one that probably stands out for me. She is a wonderful human being, and I'm very grateful to have the pleasure of kind of sort of working with her tangentially on things. <laughs> Heather, how about you? Kind of sorta. Well, we haven't like officially started working on projects yet, like together, but we are working on related things, and hopefully, we can work together on on some things soon. That's very cool. Yeah, for me, um, you know, again, being that policy and planning nerd, um, I really enjoyed talking to Tony Pratt and Hank Hottie. Um, I just, I, I feel like I'm beating a dead horse a little bit. But again, um, you know, the policy side and, and the the softer side of, of 
coastal work is just, I don't think, talked about enough. And so I, I really enjoyed their perspectives and, um, and really appreciated Tony's, um, you know, lengthy discussion of his, his career. Um, I thought that was really fascinating, especially as a coastal management practitioner myself, um, you know, hearing about everything that he did over the course of his career and how he ended up where he is today. It was just really fascinating. Um, and then again, you know, Hank Cotty ended up sharing a lot with us about his career path and, and, um, you know, I felt like it was a really great example of, of, you know, similar to what John was just mentioning about, you know, taking those opportunities, um, you know, when you don't really anticipate them coming, uh, but taking those opportunities and trying to take all the ones you can get uh, to, to get where you want to be. And Hank was a really great example of that, I thought. Um, and then again, I just, I, I, there's something about this, the PhD uh, episodes that we had, the student research spotlight series that I just, I really liked that. And I, I want more of that. I, I want to talk more research. I guess that's my like super nerd coming out, but I want to hear more about people's research and why it matters. And um, yeah, that's just, golly, I, I'm, I'm geeking out, but I, that was, I think something that I felt after listening to each of those episodes, I was like, man, we didn't have enough time. We could have talked talked to them for hours. Oh, yeah. Especially like with Matt's episode, Matt and I just started talking about <laughs> everything else except his research. Like it just started going off. And I'm like, wait, I'm sorry. We forgot to ask yeah. you like real specifics about your project and like kind of going through that. So I would love to have him on to like really dive into the the actual research side of things instead of nerding out about URI stuff, past URI stuff. So I apologize, listeners, for that episode. It wasn't entirely about his research. Um, my fault. But that's <laughs> okay. That's okay. <laughs> yeah. That's that's what makes it fun though, right? If you can't if you can't you know have fun with the guests then uh, it would make for a, a boring show, right? So I th- I really enjoyed it. I thought it was it was a really fun discussion. It's just um, you know, just like those little teasers on the research side makes me makes me want more. Yeah, for sure. Uh, that was a good time. I did enjoy um, participating in that episode uh, a lot. Um, but I think for me, the most interesting guest for me personally was actually Alicia Mahan, former um, leader, ASBPA student chapter at Stevens champion. She was just incredible. Uh, her life story as well and her career path and how she got from one point to another. Um, and just her drive to just do it. It's like, she's emulating, if not who, then me, um, in real life. And she just kind of hell yeah. (laughs) Yeah. She just, yeah, she just did it, you know, like she did it. Um, and it, um, I Steven's chapter should be very grateful for all the things that she put into place for that to continue. And I hope that I hope that her story inspired um, some listeners out there at other universities to just do it at your university. If you're if you're in a coastal program and your university doesn't 
have an ASPPA student chapter, but you think it could really benefit, and there are some folks that, um, some students that you think could benefit from it, um, even professors that could benefit, the community that could benefit from it, just do it. You know, she kind she laid it out. We laid out the process. Go check out that episode. We laid out the process for how to get started, and I believe she said that she you can contact her or you can contact us, and we'll get you some of the details about like bylaws and stuff um, to get. Uh, to get something started at your university, but you just you just got to do it. And I just really appreciated her spirit um, and just learning about what she does now um, and how she got to where she is and how she's pretty much she did it in college and now she's just doing it at her lab right now in real life, like in real life, like as an adult, like post post grad. <laughs> she's she's still killing it. And I'm just, just, it was very inspiring, um, to, to hear, to hear her story. I really appreciated it. So, so it's interesting. So why, why you were, well, I, I agree. Alicia is amazing. She was an amazing student, very driven, supremely accomplished. Um, but as you were talking about it and how inspirational her, her story was, and I'm staring at the two of you on my screen and thinking about, you know, the, the stories of amazingly successful women in coastal, um, I happened to go back and look at our, our guest list and, um, uh, the majority actually of our, our guests have been female, which I find, Woo-hoo. I think that's awesome. I, I think that's, I think that's a, you know, we, and this was not something that we did on purpose. Right. So this is just, you know, makes me, uh, makes me happy to see that in a, in a, especially as an engineer, um, where we're, we're traditionally fighting the. I guess the stereotype and the barriers that are, are put up. Um, it's great to see that we've been able to, again, without trying, um, you know, have a, a good diversity of uh, of guests on our show. So great job by us. Yeah, right. That's awesome. Like unintentional, but I appreciate the girl power. I mean, this episode will come out after Women's History Month, which was the month of March, but it is really. That, that's one thing in, in Women's History Month that um, I reflected on and celebrated and I talked about um, in, in a seminar actually at, at Krell um, is like my experience as a woman in STEM. And it is really inspiring. Um, thanks for pointing it out that we did have a lot of female, a lot of women um, on our show and they are empowering, inspirational and motivating and they're not letting, you know, anything get in their way and it's just really um maybe not humbling I'm trying to think of the right word but just really i guess hopeful um that you know inspire the future of coastal engineering inspiring is, yeah or and and coastal topics in general is a mixed is a mixed bag it will have both male and female and there seems to be some pretty strong females taking up the lead there heck yeah here here let's go girls Anyways, <laughs> well, and that's and that's a good uh, thing also to keep in the back of our minds as we push forward is how can we continue to, you know, uh, offer more diverse perspectives on the show. Um, so I, I really appreciate you pointing that out, John. Yeah, I think in a, you know, as we're as we're on the topic, I think that's certainly the, the idea uh, you expressed a. A real interest in the student research spotlights, and that you know, I, I find them amazingly interesting as well. I did, I think I probably didn't go that go in that direction because both of the students that we had this year happen to be my students, and 
I, I was aware of their research, right? So, yeah, so I didn't want to go there. But I, I think the student research spotlights are a really important part of what we do. And in terms of diversity, I think, you know, certainly, you know, the perspective of some international students might be something that's useful to, to get as well. And I know we had, I think we had one lined up, um, unfortunately, uh, had to cancel at the last minute. But uh, so I think, I think that's something as we move forward that we want to keep in mind. Um, and I think it'll bring a, a unique experience, unique uh, set of experiences to the show. So that'd be great. For sure. I'm on board with that. Put it on the list. Who's taking notes? <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking notes. <laughs> um, I guess so with that, um, we talked about our most interesting guests. Does that also mean that was your most interest, your favorite episode? Do you have an episode different from one that um, either of you hosted that you enjoyed listening to? Ooh, good question. That is a good question. I, you know, for me, I, I well, I, I hosted the show, but I, I enjoyed speaking with Eve and Taylor um, about the student and new professionals group uh, chapter, char- chapter, 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 chapter. Um, yeah, I, I found that to be very interesting, um, and the, you know, the, to learn about the 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 pathway from a student and new professionals group to a student and new professionals chapter. Um, getting both of their perspectives, um, in addition to, you know, the talk about the, the student and new professionals chapter, there was a lot of discussion about their individual career paths. And, uh, you know, I thought that was, they, they all had some interesting experiences to share and, you know, uh, Eve going back to school. So that was a, a kind of an interesting, um, experience there. So I, I enjoyed that one. I also enjoyed the last one that we did the, the, the summit, um, preview, I uh, hadn't met Brandon Hill before or Susan Brodeur and, and, uh, and, you know, it's, it's interesting because Brandon then obviously was co-hosting the summit. And I think he was the first face that I saw on the, the summit and he had some notes written on the whiteboard behind him. And it's amazing. Well, what was interesting to me is my mental picture did not match the actual, what he actually looked like. I had never, I never met him. So we just, we did this obviously through audio only. So, uh, that was the first thing that was interesting. But then the second thing that was interesting is he, he clearly has a lot of personality. Um, and he brought that to bear on the, on the coastal summit. And it was, uh, you know, uh, it was great to have talked to him ahead of time. And it was, uh, I thought he did a great job as one of the co-hosts of the summit. So that, that, that show was also very interesting to me. Yeah. I thought, I thought that, uh, he was great. He's quite a character. <laughs> I'm curious if you guys feel like you've had any like oops moments. So, you know, this I I have found this to be, you know, quite an experience. It's, you know, didn't really feel natural to me. Um, it, it's fun and I'm, I'm starting to, you know, get into it. But um, what do you have you had any oops moments over the last year, have you, you know, like, like, what was your, your most embarrassing moment doing, you know, an episode or anything, you know, in your, your learning experience, being a co-host of a podcast? Yeah, this has been um, an interesting experience, for sure. Um, I probably have definitely had an oops moment, and it probably was edited out. <laughs> of uh, any of the episodes and I also yes thank you Tyler and I also probably like (laughs) blanked it out of uh, my memory on purpose (laughs) so um, I don't actually remember an exact um, oops moment but if John has one I can we'll see if I can think of one or remember one 
I've got, uh, I've got, <laughs> I've got many. No, I've got, I've got, I've got two that come to mind. And the first, the first one is the the really embarrassing realization that I think I spent the first three shows with the microphone inverted, uh, <laughs> facing in the wrong direction. So Tyler's, oh, no. why, why don't you sound right? You can't say what's going on. And, and after about two or three episodes, we figured out that, yeah, I was the idiot that just was, had the microphone facing the wrong direction. And they're, they're not, they're not like, it wasn't upside down, right? I didn't have the, I didn't have the speaking part down in the, in the stem of the microphone coming up, but the microphones are a little more complicated than that. But nonetheless, uh, yeah, it's kind of embarrassing that I, I, I was speaking to the wrong side of the microphone. Um, so that's the first one. And the second one is an episode. Uh, I forget what episode it is. People could go back and check it, but there was an episode that I spent where I recorded the show from the floor in my bathroom. <laughs> and I remember that. I remember that? Yeah. <laughs> so just, you know, as, as luck would have it, right. As you know, we're all kind of working from home. So I typically record from home and, you know, there were landscapers uh, and they were not my landscapers. They were neighbors, landscapers, and they were all around my house. And I couldn't find anywhere in my house where it was quiet. And this microphone is very good. It pick once you figure out how to work it, it <laughs> picks up everything. So I was like trying to find the quietest place I could. And the only place I could find was literally inside of a bathroom, which was in the interior of my house. It doesn't have any windows. But of course, the side effect of being in that enclosed space was that there was a massive echo. So uh, this audio quality for that episode was terrible, but I did record 50 minutes straight sitting on the floor of my bathroom. Uh, so... I don't, you do what you got to do. You do what you got to do, but like the show must go on. So we 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 pushed through and uh, and we recorded the episode. So oh, how great! I think you can like throw a blanket over yourself to muffle um your muffle your sound in a in a very echoey room. I was I was trying everything in the room. I was closing doors. I was hanging stuff over the windows, trying to get the the sound to be muffled enough where it wasn't uh, where it was was able to be recorded. And of course this all happens that, you know, five minutes before the show was supposed to start. So we have guests lined up and everybody's waiting and I'm scrambling to, you know, unplug my laptop. I'm hoping my battery doesn't die as I'm recording the show in the bathroom. So it's yeah, lots of fun. Yeah. sounds great. I learned a lot from, um, uh, the first podcast that I ever actually listened to was Ologies, uh, by Allie Ward. I really enjoy that one. Um, She's really fun and just brings on a bunch of guests who are an ologist in something. So zoology, uh, cosmetology, a whole spectrum of things. And she actually, at least in the early stages of the podcast, would record in her closet full of clothes because that's where like the sound was best. There was no echo. Everything was muffled. It was perfect, perfect audio for her to record. So, so I'm saying like just... Throw a bunch of laundry around you. Throw a blanket on top of you. That makes me feel better. We got this. <laughs> I wonder if you guys remember one of my gaffes or I think I just kind of like maybe stutter sometimes or start to think of a question and then change the question in the middle and ask really long, weird questions to people. I don't really recall that at all. I feel like you're you're really pretty, pretty good. You're a natural, I think. I, I feel like I'm the one that's like, you know, going into a question or starting to say something and then I have a brain fart and my ADHD kicks in and I'm like, wait, what the hell was I even just talking about? Don't know. Um, which, you know, I feel that it happens. But oh, yeah. 
I think Marissa, you're the you're, you are the natural. You're vo- you have the voice for radio. If it, wow. neither Heather nor myself, no no offense, Heather, but neither <laughs> of us is likely to be on the radio anytime. But if if I tuned oh, into uh, if I tuned into Lo-Fi Radio and there's <laughs> yeah. Marissa, nice. the, the 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 smooth sultry sounds of Marissa Torres hosting the uh, the show, then uh, it would not surprise me at all. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Actually, the only reason that I did, or one of the reasons that I did decide to do the podcast, right? So the call went out. It's like, hey, does anybody want to be a co-host, like host this podcast for SNP? And I'm like, meh, I'm like, there's a lot on my plate right now. But then like I started mentioning it to my friends and they're like, well, you have a pretty pleasant, pleasant voice. Like it, you should, you should try it. And I'm like, think my voice is pleasant i'm like oh well thank you so yeah i mean it's it's cool um you know hello it's me check my linkedin if you want some trivia games hosted uh virtually (laughs) and you need uh, a face moderator queen of all media (laughs) yeah right look me up i love it (laughs) no but yeah okay thanks guys um if i think of anything embarrassing and then before we finish the show i'll let you know of course well, I guess one thing that I'll share is, and I don't know if I, w- I would say it's embarrassing because I wasn't here because of, you know, life circumstances, but, you know, throughout the year, you know, life happens and, and mom life happens. And uh, I feel like it's happened more than, I don't know how many times I can count, but, you know, like there were episodes where I didn't get to I didn't get to participate because my kid got sick and was projectile vomiting in the bathroom. And, and, you know, that's been, you know, one of the, those balancing things um, that I've had to figure out this year uh, trying to do this. And, and really, so I just want to say thanks to, to you guys, John and Marissa for being awesome co-hosts and just kind of rolling with the punches. It's been really great. And I appreciate, you know, everything that you guys have done. Of course. No problem. Yeah. And I think, you know, on top of that, you know, at some point we definitely needed to uh, thank Tyler, who's produced all these shows. He's the guy in the background that makes us sound a lot smarter and a lot better than we actually are. So we got to definitely big, <laughs> big thank you to Tyler and, and the ASPN uh, crew. So that's, uh, that's definitely, that's definitely needs to, needs to be mentioned. Yes. Thank you. So, yeah, I guess, um, you know, for me personally, I, I, so what I've heard is that we want to do more research, student research spotlights. I think that's definitely pretty clear based off of what we've discussed so far. So, you know, for me, I, I think one of the things that I would be interested in doing is I, I think it would be, I think it would be interesting to interview, uh, you know, for us to interview what, what I would consider one of the, you know, the, the greats of coastal engineering. So some of the older, um, more established, more experienced, uh, coastal engineers and kind of get their perspective and sort of career advice for students and new professionals. So on my list of things to do in the coming year um, would be to try to do at least one uh, episode where we, we kind of focus on that. Um, so I don't know, Marissa and Heather, do you have anything that you know, you'd like to see us do in the coming year? Well, I was definitely thinking about bringing some big wigs um, on the show if we can. Like if I could if I could interview anybody, I'd probably I would love to get Jane Smith on this podcast as well to to share her experience and words of wisdom to uh, the next generation of coastal engineers. Yeah, um, I kind of had some similar thoughts uh, 
specifically, you know, on thinking about bringing in people that were prominent researchers in coastal planning, coastal policy, um, and, and, uh, and having them and, and maybe some of their students as well um, talk about, you know, some of the, the more prominent research in the, the coastal policy and planning field. Um, you know, people that come to mind offhand uh, would be like Phil Burke, Walt Peacock, Chad McGuire. Um, and I think that'd be really, really a cool way to, to again, uh, bring in that, that policy and planning lens. Um, uh, you know, I'll continue to poke that bear. But um, another person that I think would be really cool to bring on, um, I keep thinking about it, and then uh, I'm, you know, we, we don't do it. But uh, Derek Brockbank, who uh, was, you know, uh, affiliated before uh, with the ASBPA, um, now as the executive director of the Coastal States Organization. I think he'd be a really great person to bring onto the show. Yeah, I'm on board with that. Um, I know he does have, he has his own podcast on ASPN's net, on, on, excuse me, on ASPN, um, on the network. So it'd be really great to do probably some cross collaborations um maybe across our uh, across the shows on the network that would be cool definitely Derek and there are some other um like I guess federal programs like National Science Foundation programs that are you know more interdisciplinary in in what they uh fund research wise and um, like there's some some research teams at Texas A&M that were funded in the NSF's Coastlines and People program. Half of them are engineers. Half of them are planners and sociologists, uh, which I think Perfect. makes makes for a really, really cool team. Um, and I think it'd be really cool to to explore some of that as well. Oh, yeah. And that would work perfectly with our um, one series that we didn't get to do as much of in this first year while we were getting started was our like professional development series. So we did have um, Laura and Amanda on to talk about their transition from PhD to industry and as part of that professional development. But I would like to definitely get some more guests on the show to talk about that topic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we just we just paid you that compliment, yeah. Marissa, and see what happens. Topic to topic. Yeah, I'm let, doing You let it go to your head. You let it go I'm to your head. I'm doing great, okay? We're all doing great. Um, no, but that would that would be perfect because um, I think that's something that could really supplement or enhance like any PhD student who does have to look for grants. Like, well, like, let's talk about here's the NSF and like, Maybe even talking about some processes of like how to do um, how to write a proposal or how to write a grant. I think that would be uh, kind of cool, too. I mean, we're not uh, we're not like a, a resume building kind of kind of situation resume building like um, class seminar, but just kind of maybe some how to's every now and again or even having guests that can explain some how to's would be cool. Yeah. So I think we um, we probably have a big another big year ahead of us guys um personally yeah for sure you know what do you think you learned most about yourself in this past year and 
and where do you see yourself with this podcast in the next year? Like I know we're all professionals and this year has been a lot in some instances and we're still all people. So I guess just kind of like gauging, you know, what's, uh, what's the future for each of us? Well, um, I guess I'll go first. Uh, One of the big things I learned, which I already knew, but it just, you know, I get reinforced every time I listen to coastal engineers talk, (laughs) um, is that I just really don't know much about engineering. (laughs) Um, And it's, it's, uh, it's always interesting. Yeah. (laughs) I I would beg to differ, but, (laughs) um, but, but so, but, you know, all jokes aside, um, I guess for me, it's, it's the biggest thing I've gotten out of it is, is that, you know, when you're willing to listen, people will talk and almost always, you know, will have something really interesting to say. And, um, you know, I think we've heard a lot of really interesting things from people and, and, um, there's a lot more to discuss. There's so much, you know, so much potential. And, you know, if we really tried, I think we could probably put a a schedule for, you know, the next five years (laughs) for this show. We have a, obviously a very wide variety of perspectives that we hear on this show. And, and uh, in the future, I think we can look forward to hearing another more diverse perspectives. And, um, you know, I think there's a lot to to talk about related to being a coastal professional in engineering and policy and management. And, um, you know, I think there are a lot of different people who have a lot of things to say that are really important right now. And um, now's the time to try and, and, and get the, the younger generation to listen and to, you know, start paying attention to this side of, of what's going on in the world. Yeah. I mean, I would just say that, you know, I've really enjoyed just being able to have open sort of conversations with people, um, enjoy listening to their experiences, kind of getting an appreciation for the fact, again, that I think that, you know, there's a, people have come to coastal, the coastal profession in a variety of different ways. Um, and there's no one right way or wrong way to, to arrive here. Um, but I think the common thread is that once everybody gets here, they really enjoy it. Um, so I'm just enjoying the opportunity to, you know, try to be as inspirational, um, to people, uh, you know, as we can be, try to, you know, advertise for our profession to try to help people be successful in this profession, um, and just have rewarding careers, whether that's in academia or, government labs or, you know, in the private sector, um, a lot of different pathways that you can go and, uh, you know, to the extent that we can be helpful, um, in, in helping, uh, students and new professionals achieve, uh, achieve that. That's, that's kind of what I've really enjoyed about this and look forward to doing more of in the future. Here, here. I gotta say that as the youngest one in this group, I am still developing myself as a human um, in real life. So um, I think what I most learned about myself in this past year is that I had been, I would classify myself as an extroverted introvert. Like I definitely refuel my energy 
uh, alone during alone time. And but I'm also can be I like to be around people in certain in social situations every now and again. So in this in doing this, it's gotten me to break out of uh, that shell a little bit and talk to people. And um, it made me realize how interesting people can actually be and how much like I actually do enjoy just listening to people share their stories and learning their experiences. And that's just, I guess, something my younger brain just didn't just kind of tuned out um, earlier in life. So I'm glad that um, I've had this opportunity to kind of develop that part of myself to really enjoy listening to people's stories more um, and asking other people about themselves. So that's that's something that I hope to continue and I'll definitely take with me into this next year uh, of doing this show. Well, I think that pretty much sums up to an extent. Um, I'm sure we could probably keep talking about a bunch of different things that kind of sums up to an extent our year in review. Thank you so much, listeners, for sticking with us this long. And I hope you continue to stick with us into the next year uh, since we have so many grand plans. Um, and if you do find yourself wanting to be on the show, please feel free to reach out to ASPPA SNP. Uh, you can find our email in the description. Uh, we are at ASPPA.SNP at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you and get your experience and bring you on the show. Thank you so much, Tyler, especially MVP of the American Shoreline Podcast Network. Thank you so much for ASPN for hosting this show for this long and continuing to host it. And I hope to, ki- to continue for, for a while. Um, just a few reminders for those of you guys out there. The call for abstracts and requests for dedicated sessions to the 2022 National Coastal Conference of ASBPA, um, it, which is being held in September from the 13th to the 16th in Long Beach, California. And the abstract session is now open. So please feel free to uh, go to ASPPA.org, submit your abstracts, and register for the conference. Um, Abstract submissions close the 1st of May. So get those in in the next month. Student awards will also be open during the summer after the close of the abstract session. The Nicholas Krauss Coastal Scholar Award, the James Houston Coastal Economics Scholar the Student Coastal Advocate Award, and the Student Education Award are open. So if you do know somebody um, who is who matches the criteria for that award or who you, you believe uh, would best be suited for that award, please go to ASPPA.org again and uh, submit your uh, nominations once that opens. Um, in addition, at the... Um, Nominations for ASPPA's Best Restored Beach are now open through the end of April, and the nominations for ASPPA's Best Restored Shores is open through July 1st. So keep that in mind. Stay tuned in to ASPPA.org for any updates and notifications related to the conference, uh, awards, and other nominations. And feel free to check out any of the other shows on ASPN. I hope you guys tune in. Keep listening to us. So thank you all. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. And we'll talk to you next time. <laughs>